With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we are going to preview the first of a two-game road trip with the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Baker Mayfield-led Carolina Panthers in Game 1 of the road trip. Game 2 again in two Sundays against the Atlanta Falcons. But look, San Francisco's coming off a big win against the Rams, an emotional win, a must-win game at home. In prime time, I called it the Monday Night Massacre because of how good that defense was. 36 pressures, 7 sacks, what was it, 13 quarterback hits, whatever it was. An insane game for San Francisco. And it's looking like, at least on paper, this Sunday against the Carolina Panthers could be an equally insane performance from the defense and potentially an even better one from the offense. It's actually struggled so far this year, but look... The first thing I want to say is this is kind of a Debo Samuel homecoming, right? He's from South Carolina. They play in North Carolina, so not obviously different states by all means, but it kind of feels like this is Debo Samuel's family comes up from South Carolina, watches him play in North Carolina. It's a homecoming. He wants to show out for, I guess, quote-unquote, the hometown folks, right, North Carolina against the Panthers, but this just feels like a game where Debo Samuel, who is already a great player, right? But we know what Debo Samuel can do. This feels like a game where Debo Samuel goes off. He went off last week. I get that. You know, more of the same, right? But looking at Debo Samuel's stat line this year, and I get it, stat lines, of course, matchups matter. Who's defending him matters. But look, against the Bears, two receptions, 14 yards. Against the Seahawks, five receptions, 44 yards. Against the Broncos, five receptions, 73 yards, 14.6 yards per catch against the Rams, six receptions, 115 yards, 19.2 yards per play, yards per catch, excuse me. And of course, the big 57-yard touchdown pass that he caught from Jimmy Garoppolo and took to the house, made Jalen Ramsey look dumb, made Taylor Rapp look dumb. This just feels like Debo Samuel is going to continue his stretch simply because it's his quote-unquote homecoming. But that isn't to say I do not have concerns about this San Francisco 49ers team, because I do. right? The Panthers' defense, they are not scrubs. And that being said, the Niners are on their third left tackle. Like, you can say what you want about Colt McKivitz. He has shown that he can at least be a viable backup for a game or two if Trent Williams can't go. Well, Now, it looks like it's going to be Jalen Moore, who I said after the Broncos game, he doesn't even look like an NFL player. That's how bad he played. He was god-awful against the Broncos. He got benched for an injured Colton McKivitz against Denver 
Now, flip that role against the Rams. McKivitz gets hurt. Moore has to come in. And to his credit, played far better, handles himself uh, far better against the Rams than he did against Denver. But I'm fully expecting this to be another George Kittle playing the you know extra blocker on the inside, just like he was against the Rams, just like he has been for a large portion of his career. This just seems like a game where, or it seems like the the scheme or Kittle's role on the offense is going to be, hey, we need you to fill in and block. We don't have the personnel on the starting offensive line with Trent Williams out to buy Jimmy enough time. And even if it was Trey Lance, that role would still be the same because there's no way in heck you can win in the NFL with this offensive line being on your third left tackle, right? You just can't do it. And even Burford and Brunskill, they're swapping spots left and right. Burford wasn't great against the Rams, albeit was good in run blocking. But Brunskill came in, got his feet wet, and they saw what that looked like. So it just seems like the offensive line is still kind of in flex. So I, I really wouldn't be surprised if George Kittle's back there blocking again. Because, listen, the Panthers have, they don't have an amazing defense. But if they got one guy that's a problem, it's Brian Burns. I mean, Brian Burns was someone who I think Niner fans have respected for a while now, right? Like Brad Graham on the SF Niners said he wanted Brian Burns in the offseason. Trade for Brian Burns. If you're going to get rid of Debo, get Brian Burns, right? That was kind of the conversation, right? Get you someone that you compare with Nick Bosa. And Brian Burns has been that good this year. 20 pressures this season tied for number three, three sacks, like... Brian Burns is their elite defensive player. They have some other good guys there, but Brian Burns is that troublemaker. But thankfully, despite the struggles of the left tackle, McKivitz, and more, or at least the worries of what those guys will look like, San Francisco's offensive line as a whole really has performed really well this year. Aaron Banks deserves a ton of credit for what he's done this season. First off, We know his story last year, right? Brought in to play left guard this season. Going to be, you know, a a redshirt season for him in 2021. They need him late in the year to play right guard. It doesn't work out. The the transition's not working out for Aaron Banks from left guard to right guard. They're like, shut it down. Get your body right. You are not ready to play in this league. Well, Lakin Tomlinson leaves, and the question is, can Aaron Banks be the guy at left guard next to Trent Williams? And lo and behold, Aaron Banks has been freaking money. Talk about a second-round pick thus far. 128 pass-blocking snaps and 122 run-blocking snaps. That's, a, that's 250 snaps thus far this year. Zero sacks allowed, no penalties no quarterback hits allowed, and only six pressures. He's the he's PFF's 15th ranked guard. That's left guards and right guards. Hey, that's pretty freaking good. Aaron Banks has been phenomenal this year for San Francisco. And before you do not shoot the messenger here, right? Don't shoot the messenger. Mike McGlinchey has been really good this season. I know McGlinchey's gotten crap from me, from Twitter, from fans, and a lot of that is rightfully so. Mike McGlinchey has had his moments where you're like, dude, what? Like, I was making Monica Lewinsky jokes about Mike McGlinchey saying he's on his knees more than Monica Lewinsky is. 
Like, that's how bad he was, or at least seemed to be in the past. And he caught a ton of flack earlier this year because in the Bears game, when Trey Lance got sacked or hit, people were criticizing McGlinchey for getting up, looking at him, not even picking up Trey Lance and, and going to the sideline and just, like, not even paying attention to his quarterback that's on the ground after a sack. And people were like, what the heck, man? Like, pick up your guy. And, of course, fans were like, he doesn't like Lance and all this stuff. And, it's you know, it created this kind of conversation of what's McGlinchey's deal? Excuse the vacuuming. What's McGlinchey's deal of what the heck is going on? But this year alone, he's only allowed five pressures. He ranks ninth in the NFL for tackles. And, look, we played four games, right? The Bears game and the Broncos game, not his best games. He's only allowed or he has not allowed a pressure in two games this year. He's been really good. And I can say post-Bears game, he's been pretty damn good this year for the San Francisco 49ers. But if I'm being honest with you, my main concern, while the personnel doesn't exist on the offensive line currently with Williams being out, McKivitz being out, Burford struggling, Brunskill being kind of you know reintegrated back into the offense— my biggest concern thus far this year has been the offense cannot score or has had struggle scoring. I'm going to read you a stat, and it might actually blow your mind as to how bad San Francisco's offense has been, right? The Niners this year are tied with, guess who, the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears for the second worst scoring offense in the NFL with 16 points per game. The worst is the Colts at 14.3 per game. Now I know, I know, monsoon game week one, crushed the Seahawks, scored 27 points, then they laid a freaking egg basically against the Broncos, come back, put up 24, technically 27 or 17 points against the Rams, but... San Francisco has had a problem scoring the football offensively. There's a reason why, and while Nick Bosa would have thought this and said this no matter what, there's a reason why the defense felt the need that they had to make a big play. That the offense is doing just enough, and look, it would have been 20 offensive points had Gold not missed the field goal. It would have been 30 offensive points had Gold not had a field goal blocked against the Seahawks. There are plenty of things to point to and go, well, that'd be six more points on the offense. Probably wouldn't be that bad. But if you told me an offense that had Debo Samuel, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Kyle Shanahan and George Kittle for at least two games, Brandon Ayuk and Trent Williams for three of those games, or you know two and a half of those games, they were tied for the second worst scoring offense in football. I would have laughed right in your face. Now, I get it. One of those games had Trey Lance, Monsoon. There are reasons to you know, put in caveats. But the Niners offense, while it seems like it's starting to go in the right direction, right? the momentum is picking up. It feels like the Rams game was kind of getting back on track. We know this. That's the feel-good moment. But it doesn't erase the fact that they have not scored efficiently and effectively this season. 
You cannot put up 9 points, 10 points against the Broncos. Inexcusable. We know that. You cannot go into Chicago, albeit in a monsoon, and put up 10 points. You can't do that stuff. And you can't go into Carolina with an offense after an emotional win, a win you needed, a win that makes you feel good down to your down to your plums, right? And come into Carolina and with that same mentality of, oh, 16 points is enough. And it's not to say that San Francisco gets complacent. It's not to say the mentality is, let's, let's not score points. That's, that's dumb, right? They want to put up 45 every game. But the offense isn't vertical. We know that. But it's not like this team in 2019 didn't put up 25 points a game and wasn't the third-ranked offense in football. Now, I get it. Jimmy G shoulder surgery. That's kind of a, is, is he okay? Is he not? He looks fine on some days. Looks bad the other. The question is, can Jimmy continue to be consistent? Can he beat Jimmy against the Rams? Efficient on first and second down. Get your team manageable third downs. It wasn't like this team was good on third down either, though. 5 of 12. That still needs to improve. And look, look, Debo Samuel said after the game during the week that, look, this was not us. You know, the Niners aren't back yet. We have a ways to go, but this was a get on the right track kind of game. And if you're the offense, this is what I want you to do. Because the likelihood is you are going to be on the field a ton against the Panthers. The Panthers offense sucks. And and I'll explain to you why and give you stats and make you feel even better about Sunday against Carolina. But you are likely going to be on the field a ton if you are San Francisco. You are going to want to run the ball a lot. And you are going to have the ability to pass the ball a ton against this team. They're, they're a good defense. But the fact is Carolina's offense is so bad you will by default be on the field if you're San Francisco's offense. That's just the case. San Francisco's defense is the best in the league. Panthers' offense ranks the worst in the, in the, in the NFL. By far the worst. With the worst quarterback per EPA on Carolina being Baker Mayfield. Like, Niners' defense will feast on Carolina. That being said, this is the perfect game for San Francisco's offense to try new things, to take deep shots down the field, get Kittle more involved, finally get Brandon Ayuk involved in the offense. The whole talk of the offseason was, and I get it, it's Trey Lance, it's Brandon Ayuk. Their chemistry is, or at least it looked like it was going to be the best since T.O. and Garcia, T.O. and Steve Young. It felt like that they were the next great, or at least, at least those two on the field. They were going to have great chemistry. They could be the best, you know, or, or one of the best quarterback receiver duos just based on their stats alone. Now that's gone. There is no Trey Lance. All the work they put in, all the work Ayuk built, all the chemistry Ayuk had with Trey Lance, poof, gone because of the injury. And it's not like Jimmy doesn't like Ayuk, but. Let's be clear here. Lance likes throwing to Ayuk and Kittle. Jimmy likes throwing to Debo and Kittle. That's just a fact. The offense is fit 
or the quarterbacks fit those receivers. Debo, Jimmy, Yak Guy, Jimmy, Kittle, Yak Guy, right? Short stuff, and Jimmy, because Jimmy knows his role. He's not going to push the ball down the field. It's just going to be, hey, get it to my stars. Where, and that's not even a knock on Jimmy, just who he is. With Lance, it was, hey, I can get it to you further down the field. I can put it where you can catch it, Ayuk, on the routes you want to run on the top receivers. And Ayuk this season has really been an afterthought. And it's not even a knock on Ayuk. It's just the way it is, right? That's all it is. Because this year alone, Brandon Ayuk, per, he has 14 receptions, 179 or 179 yards, and one touchdown. And I get it, right? Ayuk's going to be used more in slant routes, not going to push it downfield. But Ayuk's best game this year was against Seattle. Five receptions, 63 yards, 12.6 yards per catch. It's a good game, right? It's a fine game. And Ayuk caught the only touchdown against Denver on the second drive of the game. It's not like they can't incorporate him more, but it just felt like against the Rams it was, hey, get the ball to Debo, let him meet. The Rams literally cannot stop. They've shown no form of ability to stop Debo Samuel. Against Carolina, they can't stop Debo. They can't stop Kittle. They can't stop Ayuk. And the reason I say that, despite Carolina's defense not being awful, they're actually pretty good. It's because their offense is so bad that San Francisco is going to have chance after chance after chance. There's a real chance that San Francisco has the ball for 35, 40 minutes in this game. That's how bad Carolina's offense is. Like, they are not good by any means. In fact, he, here's some stats, right? If you eliminate LaVisca Chenault's fluke 67 touchdown, 67 yard touchdown in week three, Carolina's defense has outscored their offense over the last three or seven quarters 14 points to 12 points. So, one broken play, take it out of the equation. Carolina's defense has outscored the Panthers' offense 14-2. to That's how bad the Panthers' offense has been this year. So San Francisco's offense in return is going to have every freaking chance to put up points. Every chance. And to further my point of how often San Francisco's offense should be on the field, Baker Mayfield... He's one of the worst quarterbacks in football. One of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. And I'll even go as far as say, at least this year, he has been the worst quarterback in football. The worst. In EPA. EPA, Baker Mayfield is negative 0.3%. In comp percentage above expected, Baker Mayfield Negative 15%. Both the worst in those categories. This year alone, against the Giants and the Saints, Baker Mayfield had a comp percentage of 48%. Baker Mayfield is not even completing 56% of his passes. And he's played all four games. 
He only has four touchdowns, and he's thrown three picks. He hasn't even totaled over 200 yards since week one against the Browns, which he had a little extra motivation because they were the team that drafted him and traded him away. Baker Mayfield's not been good, and the worst thing is, is that his own head coach, who is a bad head coach, Matt Rule, has no confidence in him. Today, Matt Rule held a press conference. Maybe it was yesterday. But they asked him, hey, how's Baker doing? You know, What do you think he can improve on, be better on? How is Sam Darnold you know, recovering from injury? Matt Rule was like, uh, 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 well, uh, uh, well, um, well, you know, Sam is Sam might come back next week, and like even Matt Rule, who he's a bum ass head coach, he should have been fired last year, and the only reason he got another chance was because he said, "Hey, Darnold wasn't the guy. Give me Baker, who can hopefully come in." And I can revitalize. They fired the offensive coordinator and said he was the problem. Joe Brady, he's the problem. No, no. Matt Rule's the problem. And the guy who is a bad head coach in a broken offensive system, he's somehow still running, has no confidence in Baker Mayfield, who has also, in return, been really bad. Blame Baker, right? And again, Baker has been really bad this year. And the beauty of it is, the last time the Niners faced Baker Mayfield, when they were in Cleveland, primetime, 2019, I think, what, week three on Monday Night Football, that was the OBJ come get me game, right? The That's what started the rumors of, you know, hey, Jimmy, come get me. Hey, John Lynch, come get me for OBJ. That same night, San Francisco held Baker to 8 of 22 passing for 100 yards and sacked him four times, including two by Nick Bosa. San Francisco won 31-3. That's the plant the flag in the end zone game for Bosa, right? The Oklahoma-Ohio State rivalry came back together for one week, right? That was that game. Baker threw a pick to, what, K1 Williams in the end zone in the first drive or second drive of the game. Like, Baker was bad in that game. And I can argue, and I think I should argue, San Francisco's defense is better this year than the Super Bowl run defense we had in 2019. At least the secondary's better. This year alone, San Francisco secondary. When targeting Charvarius Mooney Ward, quarterbacks have a quarterback rating of 35.4. And he's given up just eight completions on 17 targets. That's 47.1% through four games this year. Shut down. Cornerback in Mooney Ward. Arguably the most underrated free agent signing thus far this season. But it doesn't stop there. Emmanuel Mosley. Last week when guarded or when guarding Cooper Cup. And Allen Robinson, 39 snaps, 8 targets, 8 targets, 5 receptions, just 19 yards for an average of 3.7 yards per receptions. Say it with me, lock down. Still doesn't stop there. We got we got safety still. Talanoa Hufunga this year. 
a 7.7 pass rating allowed per PFF. And Tayshawn Gibson, a 0.8 pass rating allowed per PFF. Guess what? That's the best for a safety tandem in the NFL. It's so good. PFF rounded down and gave them a 0.0 passer rating allowed. They have given up a zero passer rating. That's how good San Francisco's secondary has been this year. Say it with me one more time. Lock freaking Don. That's how good they've been. And oh wait, they're getting better. Oh wait, hashtag Billy Mays, there's more, right? Jimmy Ward might come back this week. Jason Verrett may come back this week. They're getting better. And and they can make their debut in this defense that had 36 pressures in seven sacks and 14 quarterback hits and a touchdown and two turnovers. They're going to play the worst quarterback and the worst ranked offense in the NFL. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What do you think's gonna happen? And I get it. You have to play the game, right? It's paper compared to the game. But everything leads to the defense dominating the Panthers' offense, which should be expected, right? You're the number one defense in football. What else is going to happen? You got bum-ass Baker, and you got one-star CMC. And it's and look, I get it, right? You play Matthew Stafford, San Francisco owns the Rams. That's to be expected, right? Like, we all came into that game... Maybe a little concerned of like, hey, you know, like, we have to win. It's a must-win game. But I think deep down we all were like, yeah, we're pretty confident. It's the Rams, right? And in that game, or in the post game, Nick Bosa said it and Kyle Shanahan said it, that Matthew Stafford will give up some throws. He will give you a chance to get turnovers, right? They got one, but Tayshawn Gibson dropped one. Fred Warner dropped one. Greenlaw dropped one. Like, there were plenty of chances in that game for Stafford to throw three or four picks, including the fumble they already got, right? Baker Mayfield, we know, is a worse quarterback than Matthew Stafford. He's more inaccurate than Matthew Stafford. And this year alone, so Baker's thrown three picks. But the beauty of it is, is that Baker Mayfield also leads the NFL in batted down passes. So what that means really is that there is going to be plenty of chances, two to three in this game alone, for the defensive line to get their hands on the ball, flip it up in the air, and allow guys like Warner and Greenlaw and Flanagan Fowles and Burks and Ufunga and Gibson to pick off passes. I hope you see where I'm going with this. This game is going to come down to can San Francisco's offense continue to go in the right direction? This game is going to hinge 
on San Francisco's offense and their ability to put up more than 16 points. We know the Niners' defense is averaging or holding teams to under 10 points a game. And even if Carolina scores 13, I will give them 13. Heck, I'll give them 16. Can San Francisco's offense put up at least 17 points? If you're the offense, the last thing you want to do is bank or have to bank on the defense making a play. Now, if that happens, you clap your hands and say, heck yeah, brother. Heck yeah, brother. You got that touchdown, right? You got that fumble for us. But in reality, what you want is you want the offense to be self-sustainable. And it has not been that just yet. And if you're the Niners defense, all you see is one thing. One guy to stop. CMC. Christian McCaffrey. And I know I just crapped on Baker Mayfield. Like, he's missing DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. And Moore's a good receiver. He can't hit him to save his life. I mean, people want to say, well, Jimmy missed that guy high. Watch a Panther game. Oh my goodness, it's like 17 feet above the guy's head. Jimmy at least gives a guy a chance for a medicine ball. Baker's just letting guys fly in the air and try to hover and and grow wings. Like, hey Baker, guys don't got built-in Red Bull. They ain't got wings, my guy. They can't make those catches. Baker missed DJ Moore so bad. I don't know if you remember in, in around 2016, 2017, when the Jaguars went on their run. And Allen Robinson was in practice with Blake Bortles. And Bortles missed him. And Robinson was like, man, pass me the ball. Hit me. He was pissed in practice. That's what DJ Moore is saying every single time Baker Mayfield throws him the ball. There was a, 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 an, an interview with Moore in the locker room today or yesterday again. And he they asked him, like, hey, how has Baker looked? And he was like, yeah, I mean, bit bit." Baker's been okay. Like, yeah, like he didn't want to talk about his quarterback. He was like ashamed that Baker was his quarterback. And so, despite how bad Baker has been, playing at the league worst level with a broken Panthers offense and a broken system with a bad head coach and a bad OC, Christian McCaffrey this year on pace for 246 carries over or near 1,200 yards, 81 catches around 900 receiving yards and almost nine touchdowns. Like Christian McCaffrey is still getting his. You want to know why? Screen passes, dump offs, Baker running for his life in the pocket because Baker's not seeing guys open because the Panthers offensive line's pretty good. Like their pass block their their pass block win rate. I can't talk. I apologize. Their pass block win rate ranked 12th. Pretty good. Their run block win rate ranked sixth. It's not like the Panthers aren't protecting Baker. It's not like Christian McCaffrey can't be effective in this game. That's why I'll give Carolina 13 points. CMC is going to get his. Like Cooper Cup's going to get his, right? Now, Cup more effective, but CMC's just as good as explosive, just plays running back. And the offensive line for Carolina. Well, compared to our defense, it may be a different question, but it's not like they're scrubs. Like, I I am not expecting San Francisco to have 36 pressures. Maybe 10, maybe 11. Like, the Panthers' offensive line actually is a pretty good unit 
when it comes to pass blocking and run blocking. Like, they are relatively complete, and they're young, right? So, like, I think Bosa will have an impact. Like, I do think the defensive line can get to Baker. What I'm trying to point out is that, like, San Francisco only has to key in on one thing. Stopping Christian McCaffrey. Baker's not going to hurt you. And if he does, okay, whatever. Do it twice. I dare you. I can guarantee you can't. I can guarantee you cannot hurt me and hurt our defense twice. And if you want to test us, Mooney Ward, Mosley, Hufunga, Gibson, maybe a returning Verrett, Jimmy Ward, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Nick frickin' Bosa, Ebukam, should I continue? The Panthers do not have the personnel to or to even take the field against San Francisco. That's how bad they are. And the guy that has the ball almost every snap in Baker Mayfield is playing at a league worst level. This game leans heavy San Francisco, at least on defense. But look, let, let's be honest here. This game is not won and lost on defense. You have to put up points like I've been saying the entire podcast, right? San Francisco's offense is going against a defense that has allowed the ninth fewest net yards per pass. 5.8 yards. They are not giving up explosive running plays. I don't know if you watched the game against the Cardinals last week. Carolina Cardinals... Cardinals offense that has guys like Marquise Brown, Kyler Murray, James Conner, Rondell Moore, small, fast, gadget guys that have insane speed. The Panthers' defense was keeping them in that game. Like It, 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 it was not like that offense in Arizona was crushing Carolina's defense. No, no. It's actually the opposite. That game got ugly late because Baker Mayfield could not move the Panthers' def- or offense down the field. It was like, hey, Baker, we're doing our job. Do yours. And, well, not to the extent of Baker and Carolina, to a certain degree, I'm sure San Francisco's defense is like, hey, Jimmy, hey, Debo, hey, Ayuk, hey, whoever on offense, hey, Kittle, we're doing our job. Now do yours. And I think this is the perfect week for San Francisco to continue to build upon what they started against the Rams. 24-9, 17 offensive points. This week, give me 20. Give me the extra field goal and the defensive touchdown. That's 27 points. 27-13, game money, game set match. I'll take that every single week. That being said, because Carolina's offense is so bad, Because Baker Mayfield sucks so bad, San Francisco's offense should be able to put up 30-plus against them. They are going to control the clock. They are going to be able to do all the passing they want. I get it, right? It may not be, you know, big chunk plays, albeit San Francisco against a good defense in Los Angeles or a good enough defense as a good secondary, Jalen Ramsey, Taylor Rapp, Darian Kendrick, plenty of guys there, right? Five plays of 20-plus yards. 20-plus yards. They were getting huge chunk plays. 
I think Debo had two of them. Obviously, the big touchdown. Jeff Wilson had one. And then Juszczyk had one. And I want to remind you, because look, San Francisco, West Coast to East Coast, road trip, two straight games. This is game one, right? This is game one of the road trip. San Francisco, and this really isn't, there really isn't any proof or stats to why I believe this or why I think this, but I just think it's this year and last year have been kind of similar, right? Had some injuries, the team started off slow against teams they should have beat, but now we're kind of back on track after beating the Rams in prime time. It just seems like that's where this year's heading, right? Or at least in the early, it's an early uh, reflection of what last year was, right? Well, what happened after San Francisco beat the Rams last year in Monday Night Football in Week 10, 31-10, right? They got back on track after being humiliated by Cole McCoy and the freaking Cardinals backups, right? What'd they do after beating the Rams? They took it all the way to Jacksonville, Florida. I think it was a 10 o'clock start in Jacksonville. What'd they do? They won that game 30-10. to Trey Lance was getting snaps to kneel it down. Aaron Banks was getting right guard snaps in that game. I'm expecting the same thing here. I'm expecting 30 to 13, 33 to, to 16. This game should be San Francisco in every single aspect. Nick Bosa leads the NFL in sacks and pressures. He, you have a defensive player of the year. Currently, you have in Debo Samuel, one of the best offensive players in football. And you have George Kittle waiting in the wings. Kyle Shanahan said today in his press conference on Wednesday, October 5th, that the more Kittle plays, the more integrated he will be into the offense. Well, I want to see George Kittle catch a red zone touchdown. He almost had one against the Rams. Almost had one. Get him one this Sunday. Bring back Kittle over the middle. I don't have to see it five or six times, right? I don't mind him extending drives on third down, catching a third and three for a first down. That's fine. But I want to see impactful play. I want to see IU get involved on first and second down. San Francisco came out of the gates against the Rams throwing the football. I fully expect the same thing. The exact, not game plan, but I do think now that, despite what people want to say, but this team does not have Mostert, doesn't have Mitchell. It has Coleman still, but he's not the same guy. It has Jeff Wilson Jr. playing very well. He had 18 carries last week. He'll be the bell cow back still. But in that game alone, did you get the essence they were relying on the pass or the run? Excuse me. I didn't. That game felt like Jimmy had the ball in his hands the majority of the time. And I think that's going to be the offense until Mitchell gets back, until they have someone who they know can get them five, six yards of carry. Until they can have Kittle be a tight end instead of a left tackle or right tackle when Trent Williams comes back. But that being said, it it just feels like that the offense is waiting to explode. The defense has had its time, been playing well. Maybe 
capped off the win against the Rams. That game was 17-9. to It was an eight-point game at one point. It was like, oh my goodness, like, are the Rams going to find their way back in this thing? I think this Sunday against Carolina, San Francisco truly says, hey, it's game one of the road trip. We're going to continue the Monday Night Massacre into that killing spree. Take on Carolina. Put them out of their misery. Take on Atlanta. Pluck their feathers. I think this is the perfect moment for San Francisco to find their offense, find the rhythm, baby steps against the Rams. You got the win. I don't want to see 17 points offensively. Give me 20. Give me 23. Give me 26. Give me 30. Because guess what? These two next games against the Panthers and the Falcons, this is the gearing up games for Mahomes and the Chiefs. That's what these two games are. This is the best chance to find yourself, to hit that stride now so you can play the Chiefs, play the Rams again. And if you can go 3-1 and one in those games, house money. Guess what? You're 5-3. Five and, and You're better than you were last year at the exact same spot in the season with the fourth easiest schedule going forward. So this Sunday against Carolina... I think San Francisco wins. I think they win handily. I I'll I'll say thirty to thirteen. I will give Carolina thirteen points, what they really have have been having a hard time of scoring. A really hard time. Put up sixteen last week. Actually beat a relatively good Saints defense. Fought hard against the Browns. But it just feels like the offense has done nothing. The last seven quarters. Carolina's defense has outscored their offense 14-12. to Carolina cannot put up 13 points against a better defense than the Cardinals and the Saints. This game leans heavy, heavy Niners. Heavy San Francisco. I'll say 30-13 Niners win on Sunday. They advance to 3-2, stay in first place in the NFC West, and look to wrap up the road trip against Atlanta. And all of that being said, look, the injury report's not out yet. We know guys like Kinlaw may play and Armstead may play. We have no idea who's technically out yet for this Sunday. And I want to let you know that when that news comes out, who's playing, who's not playing, you're going to want to follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram, at 49ers underscore access is the twitter that is the first place you are going to find injury updates news updates and even little hot takes me and rams fans the ramily we're getting into it big time on this week and i will say i really enjoyed it but that being said you're also going to want to use that promo code 49ers access for 20 dollars off your first purchase at SeatGeek. if you are a niner fan in south carolina north carolina in the area go see him play on sunday Niner fan in Georgia, go see him play against the Falcons in two weeks and save yourself some money. 49er access is the promo code also down in the description of the podcast. Save yourself some money. Gas is expensive. Living's expensive. Watch your Niners for a little, little cheaper. It's, it's a good deal. It's the best deal out there I can give you. Support the podcast and support your bank account. Support your wallet and save yourself some money. 
And that's all I got today for you guys. My name is Sterling Bennett. Enjoy Sunday, Niners, Carolina, 105 start. And until next time, this has been the 49er Access Podcast, and stay faithful.